0: and Sun Life Financial.
2: Good afternoon and welcome to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Libby Zneimer. It made news everywhere from Britain to the U.S. to Nigeria, not to mention here at home. Controversial former media baron Conrad Black has signed on to do a weekly talk show for our company, Zoomer Media.
3: We just deal with what's current, you know. I mean, the things I normally comment on and the columns I write are essentially um, political or politically related matters in the world.
2: Today, Conrad joins me to talk about why this will be his next chapter as he moves on with his life after serving time in an American jail. Plus, many of us think of Twitter and YouTube as time wasters for a younger generation. But if you're looking for a new job or starting your own business, they can be two incredibly important tools. J. Gris-Hodson teaches a course called Digital Skills and Innovation for the Global Economy at Ryerson University. She'll tell us how to create an online presence to promote our personal brands. But first, here are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. Here's another reason to make sure you're getting a good night's sleep. It could help you better remember everything that happens during the day. UC Berkeley neuroscientists have found that the slow brainwaves generated during the deep restorative sleep we typically experience in youth play a key role in transporting memories from the hippocampus, which provides short-term storage for memories, to the prefrontal cortex's long-term hard drive. However, in older adults, memories may be getting stuck in the hippocampus due to the poor quality of this deep sleep. Men, it can be an embarrassing thing to talk about, but seeing a doctor about erectile dysfunction may end up saving your life. Australian researchers have found a connection between severe erectile dysfunction and cardiovascular disease – They examined health records of over 95,000 men and found those with severe cases of ED and no history of heart disease had a 35% increased risk of hospitalization for all heart-related diseases and a 93% increased risk of early death. And for those who did have heart issues and severe ED, those risks jumped exponentially. The reason? In many cases, the cause of the problem is the same, hardened and blocked arteries. He was a combative, sharp-tongued politician who rescued New York City from near-financial ruin during a three-term run as mayor. Ed Koch died Friday at the age of 88. The larger-than-life politician who breezed through the streets of New York flashing his signature thumbs-up sign won a national reputation for his feisty style. How am I doing was his trademark question to constituents. I heard it many times when I worked as a reporter in New York in the 80s. It was a rhetorical question because the answer mattered little to Koch, who always thought he was doing a great job. I'm Libby Zneimer, and those are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. Talk about a media frenzy, a viral worldwide frenzy. That was the reaction to the news that former publishing baron Conrad Black will host a weekly talk show for Zoomer Media, the company that owns this radio station. The Vision TV program will be called The Zoomer, television for boomers with zip. Conrad Black is lively, controversial, and polarizing. We talked about his comeback after spending nearly 42 months in a Florida prison. Why are you taking on this project? What makes it interesting for you?
3: It is an interesting idea that uh, your close relative has, you know. (laughs) And I feel, and not just because I am in my 60s myself, that people above the age of 45 or 50 or even 60 are underserved in the media and in the advertising industry, and I felt that when I was a newspaper publisher, and we had a good many readers in that age bracket, especially in Britain where we owned the Daily Telegraph, which is the largest broadsheet circulation in Europe, but a good part of our readership was comparatively old, and we were constantly having to defend uh, the desirability of such readers to the advertising agencies, and and, uh, I I developed a slightly sort of civil rights view towards them that they were underserved. And so I admire Moses's project in conception, and I think it is, in fact, likely to be commercially successful because people that age are a great factor, and they are seen as a great factor in other areas, such as politics. It's interesting. I've done a lot of television work before, and it is interesting work.
2: You don't particularly like journalists, but you will in essence, become one. No. No? No.
3: No, I will not do that. But I, I, I will certainly treat with newsworthy people and try and present and discuss uh, newsworthy people and events and ideas in a way that's not boring to the viewers. But... uh uh, that makes me pretty much what I still am as a commentator, you know. I'm, if I may say it, a fairly widely read columnist in this country and in the United States. So it isn't altogether new in those terms. It's just a different medium. Uh, I count a journalist as a reporter, and I'm not going to be a reporter.
2: Oh, no, of course not. But you will be... I'm not
3: that, don't misunderstand me. I think it's a terribly important function. My grievance against journalists is not that they aren't important. They are important. And not that none of them are any good. Some of them are very good. It is that, in general, I think media standards are poor and that they're very destructive and reckless much of the time.
2: Are you hoping to raise media standards with I, this I, program? That would
3: be pretentiously ambitious. now I'm hoping to give a tolerably good pass account of myself, and I expect to do that. I expect to behave ethically and be, I hope, interesting to enough people to justify the effort. But I know I have no uh, delusions about my ability to raise standards of such a widespread and important industry.
2: When Moses talked about it, my close relative, he talked about you, among other things, as a learned man, but also as an example of the kind of reinvention most people in our demographic are undergoing. Do you agree with that?
3: Uh, You know, Libby, it's always hard for a person to see himself as others do. I I would not have said that myself, but I concede to Moses that... He is Canada's greatest authority on this age bracket, and if he says that, I wouldn't be inclined to disagree with him, and it's not an unflattering comment.
2: Right, and do you perceive yourself to be in the midst of a rejuvenation,
3: reinvention? Well, yeah, to some degree. I mean, I, I've lost almost a decade out of my life being persecuted half to death by the U.S. so-called justice system and its local quisling. so I, uh, you know, I'm coming off that and that. You may well imagine that it is a desirable thing to rejuvenate and renovate after the decades spent in such travails as those, so I hope that that is what I'm doing, yes. But and not exclusively in this. I mean, one of the few good things of that tenebrous era was that my status and career as a writer took off, so I'm continuing that. And I'm going back to finance, which was my original métier, but I am doing it in private capacities, and not in areas that would uh, would attract public attention.
2: Vision, of course, is a, a multi-faith station, and you are a man of profound religious faith. Did that play into your decision to do this, and, and how are you planning to deal with those issues?
3: No, I wouldn't say that it did play into my decision. Uh, I don't see my role as being particularly one to comment on or elicit comments on religion.
2: I mean, as people get older, it often happens that they become more interested in religion or spirituality. It's just something they explore more. I mean, have you found as you are getting older that it's changing for you, and are you interested in uh, kind of exploring that with other people?
3: The answer to the first part is no. I was an atheist. I always felt that religions like sex, you know, people should do what works for them, avoid what they don't like, be discreet about what they do, and respect the views of others unless they're completely uh, absurd. But I, I lost confidence in the non-existence of God, and then I, at that point i made a progress that took some years until I became a Roman Catholic, and I've been practicing Roman Catholic for a great many years, but my religious views haven't changed significantly since I took that step. I would be happy to dwell on the subject to the extent that the viewers seem to like it, but not to lead it or abuse it or overwork it.
2: What are the subjects that you are most looking forward to? Well,
3: I think we we just deal with what's current, you know. I mean, the things I normally comment on and the columns I write are essentially um, political or politically related matters in the world. In a large city like Toronto, you do get a lot of interesting people coming through and you do have access to a lot of interesting people. I mean, you know, I, I certainly I know lots of people in different countries that would be happy to appear in our program and be interviewed. You try and be topical about it. I mean you know that better than I do.
2: Okay. I can tell you that I'm very much looking forward to participating in the show and thanks so much for talking
3: to me today. Uh, Libby, I thank you for having me and I'm looking forward to working with you.
2: Among many other things, Conrad Black is known for his dauntingly large vocabulary. When the Zoomer debuts later this year, there will be an app for that. In the meantime, in case you're wondering, tenebrous means dark, shadowy, or obscure. And yes, I also had to look it up. I'm Libby Snymer, and this is the Zoomer Week in Review. Are you on Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube? You might think these are time-wasting frivolities, but they can actually be some of the best tools to help your professional career. In just a moment, my guest, Jay Gris Hodson, will explain.
0: You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by Chartwell Seniors Housing and Sun Life Financial.
2: It can be one of the biggest challenges for Zoomers in the business world upping our online profiles. We're told it's a necessity these days, but the question is how to do it efficiently and effectively. I sat down with Jay Gris-Hodson, who teaches a course on digital skills at Ryerson University. What I recommend
4: people do is really define their goals. So you want to determine who you want to reach, and then you can decide which tool you need to reach those people. In other words, I don't think that everybody should be on everything. You know, you don't have to be on Facebook, plus YouTube, plus Twitter, plus LinkedIn. Uh, Instead, what you wanted to do is say to yourself, who
2: am I trying to attract with my online profile and where are they? I have to confess, it's not one of the things I'm best at. Every year, my New Year's resolution is to up my online profile, to tweet more, to be on Facebook more. I find Facebook completely useless, I have to say. (laughs) For a lot of
4: people, Facebook isn't very useful. Uh, That being said, it can be a great tool to connect with friends and family. Professionally, you're probably better off using Twitter and LinkedIn. Now, LinkedIn is a place where people can go to network in a broader scope. You can share stories. You can uh, compare sort of professional information. Twitter, though, uh, it gives you the same sort of functionality, but in 140 characters or less, which is
2: why so many people like it. I find Twitter quite useful. The problem with it is that you get a feed of seemingly unconnected tweets and everybody is selling you something or trying to get you to watch something or it's promotional, right? Well,
4: and you know, you can manage that feed. Uh, A lot of power users on Twitter recognize that they can set up filters and they can have different people or different subjects go into different files and so they don't have to have everything coming at them at once. So the key to Twitter
2: uh, is, first of all, you have to make sure that you're following all the right people, right? (laughs) That's a start. People say there's no point in tweeting. If you're going to tweet, you've got to tweet four or five times a day. I mean, (laughs) I'm lucky if I tweet four or five times a month. I don't
4: know if multiple times a day is the benchmark, but one of the tricks you want to do with Twitter is at least find one or two chances a day where you can engage with somebody. So rather than just broadcasting out all your feelings all the time, it's better to find, you know, one conversation that you can respond to and be a part of that. That will get you noticed more than, you know, tweeting constantly.
2: I see tweets, you know, people are telling me, uh, talking about the weather or where they're going on holiday or what they ate for lunch. Who cares? Exactly. And, you know, this question
4: comes up a lot. So you have to produce things that people want to read or people want to see.
2: It's not good enough to just tweet about what you had for breakfast that morning. What about uh, just sending links and and pictures and all of that? How important is that?
4: Well, that's actually a good way to get your foot in the door. Uh, When you... Do it in a more of professional capacity. It's what's known as content curation. So basically, you're taking content from elsewhere on the web and you're sharing it. And when you become good at that, people can start looking to you as an expert in certain areas. So say, uh, for example, I tweet often about technology. I do it on behalf of my class, but I also do it to build my own professional portfolio. And if I do that enough times and have enough links in my feed that, uh, that people have noticed and thought, oh, well, that's a good news story then I can be recognized that way even if I haven't, you know, written a blog post
2: or posted anything that I've created myself. Then we go to LinkedIn. Yes. Everybody I know on LinkedIn is basically looking for work. Right, you know, but... If everybody's uh, sort of uh, selling, not buying, why bother? No, it's true, but...
4: My partner, who is a graphic designer in the music industry, actually got a job through LinkedIn. Wow. Yeah, and she did so by contacting different people in her LinkedIn feed. She did so by contributing and by showing that she knew what she was talking about. The trick is you can't just sign up and then sit there, post your resume, and wait. You have to be actively involved. You have to be talking to people. Again, social media, you can think about it as being about the conversation. You have to join the conversation to get the benefit.
2: YouTube. You mentioned YouTube. The
4: amazing thing is we all carry video cameras in our pockets these days with the smartphones that we're carrying around. So you have many different opportunities to record a quick you know, little YouTube chat or some video where you're sharing your expertise with others. And that's actually the best way, the very best way to position yourself on social media or or on the internet is as a content expert.
2: Everybody's always trying to make everything
4: go viral. We don't have a real formula for making something viral, but one thing I can tell you is that the internet content that goes far, that has staying power, and that makes an impact, it's authentic and it arouses emotion in people. So you want to speak from a a place
2: that's real. Okay. I think that about does it. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm Libby Snymer, and this is the Zoomer Week in Review.
1: Out on Manzanella Beach G.I. Romance This week, Patty
2: beach. Andrews, the All youngest of the Andrews sisters, the passed away. In just a moment, we'll sun sun return and pay tribute to the moon moon terrific trio moon moon that shook moon up servicemen during the Second World War.
0: You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by Chartwell Seniors Housing and Sun Life Financial. <laughs>
2: Welcome back to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. It's time now for your international arts date book tips for those of you
5: who are jetting around the world. Here's Jane Brown. The 20th anniversary season of New York City Center Encores opens with Fiorello.
1: Little tin box, a little tin box.
5: The show that launched the series is the story of New York mayor Fiorello LaGuardia's rise from an immigrant's son to a major political player from the 1920s to the 1940s. To Chicago, where the most popular TV show in history has inspired a hit stage production. I Love Lucy is described as the best of 1950s nostalgia. It runs at the Broadway Playhouse and has been extended until March. Art lovers visiting London, England will enjoy an exhibition of works by renowned artist Paul Clay, who died in 1940. Tate Modern will chart the artist's work alongside the events of his life and times. And in Poland, opera posters from 1945 to 2012 are on display in an exhibition for diehard opera fans. From Aida to the Bat is at Warsaw's Poster Museum. I'm Jane Brown, and that's the International Arts
2: Book. This week, Patti Andrews passed away at the age of 94. She was the last of a trio who became surrogate sweethearts to lonely servicemen during World War II. Patty was the youngest Andrews' sister, just 19 years old when the trio recorded their first number one hit, the Yiddish song by Mirbis Duchesne. Patty and her sisters, Laverne and Maxine, recorded more than 46 top 10 hits and sold more than 90 million records in the 40s and 50s. They traveled extensively to entertain the troops during the Second World War, second only to Bob Hope in the number of shows they performed for servicemen. They also made several movies, starting with Abbott and Costello's Buck Privates in 1941, in which they introduced their signature tune, Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy.
1: He was a famous trumpet man from our Chicago way He had a boogie style that no one else could play He was the top man at his craft But then his number came up and he was gone with the draft He's in the Army now, a blowin' reveille He's the boogie-woogie bugle boy of Company B. They made him blow a bugle for his Uncle Sam It really brought him down because he couldn't jam The captain seemed to understand because the next day the cap went out and drafted a band And now the company jumps when he plays Reveille He's the boogie-woogie bugle boy of Company B A toot, a toot, a toot yeah, a toot He blows it to the bar in boogie rhythm He can't blow a note unless the bass and guitar is playing with him He makes a company jump when he plays Reveille He's the boogie-woogie bugle boy of Company B He was bugle boy of company B. And when he plays boogie boogie bugle, he was busy as a bee. And when he plays, he makes the company jump A to the bar. He's a boogie boogie bugle bar of company B. do 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 he blows it A to the bar. He can't blow a note if the bass and guitar isn't with Company jumps when he plays reveille He's a Boogie Boogie bugle boy of Company B He puts the boys to sleep with Boogie every night them up the same way in the early bright. They clap their hands and stamp their feet. Because they know how he plays when someone gives him a beat. He really breaks it up when he plays Reveille. He is the boogie the bugle of company B. Boogie Bugle
2: Company B. That was Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy, the Andrews sisters' signature song. This week, Patty Andrews, the youngest member of the trio, passed away at the age of 94. And that brings us to the end of another edition of the Zoomer Week in Review. I'm Libby Snymer. Thanks for joining me today. Please come back next week when we ask... Is work killing you? My guest, Dr. David Posen, will give us his prescription for treating workplace stress.
0: You've been listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by Chartwell Seniors Housing and Sun Life Financial. Produced by MZ Media Limited. Executive producer, Moses Neimer. Produced by Paul Thomas. Program director, John Bandrea.
1: This has been an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review. Heard every Sunday at noon on AM 740 Zoomer Radio.
0: This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.